Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2021 Waste Management Open Picks Preview. One and done, we have it all for you today. Remember to smash that like button in the description. Tell me your winner of this event. Go back to yesterday's Pat Mayo Experience for a first look in research into this event. And there was giveaways to be had. If you left a five-star review along with your Twitter handle and email address, on the Pat Mayo Experience on Apple Podcasts. You are eligible for the draw. We have a winner, Scott Kelvin, 1225 money already in his pocket, $100. US dollars. That's not the end of the giveaways right now. So there's a $100 giveaway for the same thing. Five-star review, Apple Podcasts on the Dog or Pass podcast. Go search that. Subscribe to it. Rate, review, five stars, email, Twitter handle. Boom. You'll be on that draw. Paul and Cody are giving away the 100 bucks on Wednesday's show now that the UFC is back from its one-week bye week. Also, there is a brand new show on Mayo Media Network. It'll be the fifth podcast feed that we have out, so the, the network is growing. This one is called Daily Fantasy Sports Picks and Bets. Very searchable, not going to lie to you, but is going to be a cluster of all niche, smaller slate sports, quick to the point. It's not going to be three hours of me and Jeff and Tim yelling at each other. If you want information on some of the stuff that you might not know about, whether it be European Tour Golf, Esports, NASCAR, UFC, soccer. We have a line of contributors all lined up. That feed is now open. You can find the links in the description of this video and podcast. But right now, if you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review. Just say how excited you are, how great Mayo, Mayo, just lie about it, whatever it is. And then leave your Twitter handle and or email address so I can contact you. If you're a winner, you will be in a draw for potentially one of some $100 giveaways. We'll give out one next week on the show and then maybe one on the week after that. So continue to subscribe to Daily Fantasy Sports Picks and Bets. Leave those reviews and boom, you're in the draw. The listeners league link for DraftKings already open in the description of this podcast. And that's all you got from me, Jeff Feinberg. Fun weekend. What a weekend. What a weekend. I think, um, I'll, you know, hold me to it. Laying a marker. This will be a top three win of the entire year. Majors be damned. What just went down? Storylines included. Take them out. Incredible. Include them. Throws gasoline on top of an incredible weekend. I didn't know so many people in the golf space traveled all the way up to Mount Pius, got the Marilyn Manson like rib surgery so they could suck their own cocks and just get really upset over the weekend. Like, people, calm down. This is, I don't want to say it's the best thing that could have happened out of this tournament, but it's the only thing out of this tournament that could have happened really to make you remember what happens. Like you're going to see probably first take, PTI, whatever it is. They're talking about golf this weekend. It's, well, an, it's a legitimate needle mover. Whatever side you fall on. I watch this shit as entertainment. I think it's funny. I think the people who have the right to be upset about what happened with Patrick Reed and his cheating, his cheating ways. Also, if he's actually cheating, fucking catch him and penalize him. Like, that's the end of the story. Put safeguards in place where if he's actually cheating and he gets caught cheating, whether it be on video, and that's a whole different thing because not everyone in the field has cameras on them the entire time, so it's hard to enforce that stuff by retroactive video. But 
if he's cheating and you're upset about it and the players are upset about it, find a way to penalize him and disqualify him to stop him from cheating. If not, he's going to keep doing it. And I'm going to find it funny. Now, it sucks because I had bets on other guys where if he was DQ'd, all of a sudden I have two guys in a playoff and I'm looking pretty good. So gamblers have to be upset about it. They have a real reason. DraftKings players, daily fantasy players, they have the right to be upset about it because uh, that's actually affecting their bottom line when it comes down to it. Now, I'm both those things. I still find it funny. And the actual players in the field have a right to be mad about it. I got Voice no- your opinion. Don't be Xander Shoffley and give this interview where it's just like this veiled critique of like, oh, just fucking come out and say it if you're going to say it. Be like, he's a fucking cheater. Penalize him. That, that's the end of the story. And if it wasn't like, I forget who was in this group. It was like Will Gordon and someone else. Like if, it, if he wasn't playing for two, with two rookies or two like very, I think it was Zalatoris and Gordon. Yeah, they both declined comment because I think people were looking for them. I think, they, I think so too. But if he's playing with like Rory and Rom or two higher end players, he's not getting away with this shit. Well, but he knows we, that too. As we know, he never wants to draw Berger. No, Berger's all over him. <laughs> Berger will come from the other side of the, of the hole. Um, to come see it. I agree with a lot of you said. I don't really have sympathy for gamblers or DFS guys. No, but I feel like they have a legitimate... Like the guys in the field do, but I have a legitimate complaint when the ref misses a holding. This is a little bit different. I think, at least. Just because it's such a pronounced situation <laughs> as like an individual sport. This is upset that you lost a baseball bet to a guy that hit you ste- steroids. <laughs> like, these rules are so gray, and there's so much money involved... And the guys did steroids because of the money involved. And, like, you could play the right or left side of Gray. And Reed walks up there. The second that lady gives him the answer he needed, he knows he has, like, 80 outs to play this. And is it a bad look? Yeah. Is it sketchy? 100%. But I'm in, like... I'm in love with his brazenness. I know. I can't, I can't believe it. To, to pick up a ball without a rules official on the word of a lady marshal is incredible to me. Like, it's amazing. Well, what, we, what if it was a male marshal? Sure, I'm just saying story? any marshal, any marshal. <laughs> but we see from the overhang, sometimes these guys are like in their own conversation or these ladies are in their own conversation or sometimes they're paying attention. Like, we see when that overhang shot comes in, like, I'm like, oh my God, Marshall, watch out. And like, the ball's not even close to them, but, you know, we have weird angles. Um, but I think it's amazing because all people talk about in this sport is Tiger's health and Bryson's body. But Fox, like, as I was on with Travis Fulton last night, he had a notification on his phone from like Fox News. Like, this is a story. This is real. This is sizzle. And yeah, people can say, like, it's just. You know, we do a show, so it's content. I don't know. We find it is. content. Yes, yeah, it, it is content. But Trust we, me, we for find, everyone. But we find content in everything. Finau gagging another Sunday was content for us last Monday. Like, and now, you know, we have this Reed incident. Um, I don't know. It's easy. I, I, I kind of have come to the conclusion, Pat, there's nothing he can do on the course that could make me not like him. Here's if it happened, like, if he does some horrible act, like, off the course, I could not like him. Actually, I take that back. He could use language on the course that I would probably be be hyper-offended by, you know? Especially if he was playing with Burger. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, you know, but there's, I don't know, in terms of the golf act, I don't know. And it's weird. He did it up four shots on a Saturday afternoon. It's the same thing I was running. It's like why people got so tilted when Belichick was caught filming the Bengals. 
Because this guy's a slayer. He doesn't even need to do it. He'll rip their heart out anyways. The fact that he does this, I don't know. I'm, I, I, I'm obsessed. And people's anger, I think, made me love him more. It made me plant my flag harder. I had money on Hovland. And I'm sitting there like thinking, no, the, like I like money. But there is true uh, uh, SOI in this. What's S-O-I? I don't know. What's the thing? Soy. Are you a soy boy? I don't know. Are you What's talking about SEO? That, SEO. <laughs> sure. See, I'll say 100 great things today. That's what you're going to come I, I am going to... I think you and Tim should have your own like digital consulting agency, and you guys can really go in on all the terms. <laughs> Cracks me up. I don't begrudge anyone who's mad at Patrick Reed or hates Patrick Reed because of this. That's good. We have... I feel like a lot of these people didn't watch wrestling when they were kids. And maybe that's part of it. Especially with like Royal Rumble going on. <laughs> like, I, there's nothing I enjoyed more as a 12 year old than the biggest heel there was in wrestling. Like, my favorite wrestlers of all time were like, actually, the funny heels were more of my guys, but like Chris Jericho, Eddie Guerrero, lie, cheat, and steal, Eddie Guerrero, let's go. Like, these are the people that I was rooting for. And maybe it's just me projecting that's the entertainment that I like to get out of sports out of this. And having, like, Bryson is a fake villain. People don't like Bryson's because they think he's, like, lame or tries too hard. But by all accounts, Bryson is a great guy. Like, a really good guy. He's a bit petulant from time to time. And a bit phony, like you say. But... I don't think he's phony. I don't think he's self-aware. Self-aware. There's a big difference. Because I don't like phonies. Fair enough. Um, (laughs) The biggest thing, though, is, like, people... He's polarizing. And Patrick Reed, it's, I mean, I don't know if it's like 50-50 or what the split is on Bryson. Because there's no, like, legitimate reason not to like him. Because by all accounts, like I said, he seems like a good guy. Patrick Reed just seems like a bad guy. And he wins. He's a winner who no one likes, and that couldn't be better. If he won more, it would actually be better for the PGA Tour, because then you could build heroes around him. Like, you need, Tiger's having surgery. It'd be hard to win more, he wins that much. Yeah, that's true. It'd be hard. I mean, Justin Thomas wins more. Like, if Justin Justin Thomas heel turned teams up with Patrick Reed, now we're good to go. I don't, I hate to do this. I hate to do this. No one gives a shit about Justin Thomas, what he did, losing his sponsors, those horrific words on the golf course. They didn't even like show up in mainstream media. And and uh, that's an indictment on how little, how, people, how little people give a shit about what we're doing here. And what happened this weekend exploded. And I am I am I am here I am here 100% I guess for it. Inject it into my veins. I love it. I was getting texts from people who don't give a shit about golf, being like, what is going on in golf right now? And if it's going to take, and it's sad that this is the state of affairs where golf is at because they have all of this young talent. The game is probably in the best spot it's been in ages, but they can't find anything to escape the Tiger vacuum. It was a lot like, actually, Paul, you can chime in on this. Uh, After the Khabib and Connor fight, remember how horrified UFC fans were that like all the shenanigans that went on after with people jumping out of the cage and all that stuff? And I looked at it, I was like, people are going to be talking about UFC for like a week now. This is great. This couldn't have had a better ending. Connor loses and there's a complete shit show. Like, what do you think that the net effect was directly after that? The hardcores are going to hate it, just like they hate this Reed stuff. But... It's the only way you can really latch into the mainstream outside of the very, very top-end players of the game, I think. Yeah, the people loved it. 
<laughs> Why do they love it? Because, I mean, it just adds more fuel to the fire. It's, I mean, you're watching, for the fight game, it's a little bit different, I suppose. I mean, most fight fans kind of loved it, to be perfectly honest. But they're kind of watching from a standpoint of, I mean, you're watching guys go in there and try to, like, beat each other's brains out anyway. So, like, what happened, like, what happens right after a big lead up to a fight and all of that? Like, I don't know. Yeah, people always you know, people over overreact about it all the time, like all this stuff. It's like the same thing with uh, I was telling Tim. Like most people aren't going to care about this Patrick Reed thing. Most people don't know about this Patrick Reed thing. No, and it, I know it, in the golf bubble it's a really big thing, but like if you just look at the general internet, like people aren't talking about. Oh, did you see what Patrick Reed did during the third round? No, they probably know that he won this week. Yeah, and this story has gone up a bit more than anything that happened at the American. Like, anything that's happened in golf this year, this is by far the biggest thing that's happened. Yeah, I, I'm not term, saying it's crossing like, like a GameStop, like, <laughs> toward a notoriety here, but but it is any like it is going to creep in, as you said, into all those shows today, and it wouldn't have if just Rom beat, if or, or beat just Hovland wins. in, like, yeah. a, a tight, fun Sunday that we would be going nuts and being like, wouldn't it be great if they played in a Ryder Cup on Sunday? No one cares about that, Pat. The other part about it is I love football. I love baseball. I love all the other sports. I pay attention even if I'm not watching to the other leagues. Um, And tell me if I'm wrong. Patrick Reed is arguably the most fascinating athlete in all of professional sport. When you bring in, like, the college story, the the fact with the parents, the – just his family dynamic with his wife, how he like went off on like the U S Ryder cup team, how even when before the cheating, he's trying to talk to a rules official. And it's one of the greatest videos ever of him being like, if I'm Jordan Spieth, this conversation's going differently. Like to me, he's one of the most incredibly fascinating players on the planet in any sport. When you add in all that other stuff and you brought it up, he wins and he doesn't just win. Like he wins FedEx Cups, WGC, the Masters, the Masters, Tory freaking Pines. Okay, and it's a lot of people's problem. You know what tilts people even harder about this guy? It is the winning, but it's what comes with the winning. The winning brings that automatic Ryder Cup spot. Yeah, you're gonna, he's not. He's not quite. He probably needs a few more. Yeah, he plays. He does play. He's like he's like American Sungjae. The winning brings this Ryder Cup spot. The Masters win means he's not going anywhere for until life. he dies. For life. Until he dies. <laughs> he's playing until he's 100. Your favorite players that you love and cherish, well, he's going to eat dinner beside them forever. He's not going anywhere. Him and Justine are going to swag walk, crip walk, onto Augusta for life. <laughs> and my biggest beef of the weekend is with Jim Nance for how he... In all the NFL discussions, I've never seen Jim Nance go at like an NFL officiating for a 70-year-old spotting a ball two yards wrong or a horrible, a horrible replay decision. He'll jerk off the Mike Pereira in there, but he's going after this rules official who's like, no, by the rule, Reed did nothing wrong. And then on Sunday, on Sunday, with no fans in attendance, where it's already like silent, the guy just remains silent in a way he's never remained silent on the PGA Tour. Uh, I was disgusted by it. 
That's what you were disgusted by. No. I'm, I'm, I'm for that. I, I like no. Nance showing. Hey, I Nance, no. Nance is saying I don't agree with this. I think this I is like shit. That. And this is so. Sit. This, this is the only extent of protest that I can actually do because I can't come on here and be like I hate Patrick. This guy Green. has seen so much goddamn bullshit in all the sports he covers. There's a difference between an individual sport and a team sport, though. There really is. When you say the most fascinating person, athlete, it's easier to highlight those stories on an individual a because you're paying a lot of attention to it but b these are individuals it's not one of 57 it's one of one sure i put him on a list with like aaron Rodgers. he's very fascinating trevor bauer no i think bauer's pretty fascinating bauer's fascinating but a lot of it is like self like to push it these are those other guys just win and and they needle and I don't think Bauer is on that level. I think Bauer like tries very hard to be on that level. And you're right. Maybe my like disgust. A, hold, hold on. on. Well, my, my disgust for Jim Nance is probably not as hard as I put it there. But I didn't like how that was conducted. To your point, Jim has watched a lot of these events, and for him to act that way, he must have really felt like something, and he must be hearing or have a personal interaction from a past he doesn't like. Or just know the 800 locker room stories we're completely not privy to. Because he was, he, you could sense his boil. Paul? I was thinking like more like a Conor McGregor. Like McGregor punched out an old man in a bar. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but the, the problem with okay, McGregor. Okay, that's true. The, He's the, on the list. But yeah. the problem with McGregor is that he goes through little waves <laughs> of like acceptance. People love him. And then like there's moments, you know, there's there's been plenty of them. But, like, punching out the old man at the bar. There's other things of, like, him at crack houses and stuff like that. It seems like Reed just keeps, like, the, the same level. He's just always hated. He never has, like, people love him. Except for, like, you guys and, and some other people, I guess. But. There's, it's not like I love Patrick Reed. I love Patrick Reed, the golfer on the golf course, because I don't know how many other guys could have went through all this given the smuggest post-round interview of all time, like smiling and chuckling his way through with Amanda Balionis, which I just thought was glorious. A great heel, great heel interview on that end. And then go out on Sunday and be fucking lights out. Lights out. Lights out. Like I said, the most impressive thing I've seen since Bryson's U.S. Open, unironically in a major championship venue in and of itself. And he didn't beat the field by one or two where you can make it like DK guy or betting guy should be upset. Take away the strokes. Take them. I take them. I think it would be take them. If he had got caught breaching a rule, though, I think it's a DQ, not necessarily a stroke penalty. I don't know that for sure, though. Because no, as, as it you turns go back out, into the also, also back as, into as the, it turns out that no one really understands the rules of golf, they're really yeah, open it's to like, interpretation. What's a catch? What's not a catch? What's a catch? What's not a catch? I don't know. Now, it will be funny if this is the genesis to the point where, like, there's a rules official on every hole. That'd be great. Or things Or cameras on every hole. Or things can be discussed that have nothing to do with the player. That there's, like, just a committee that it's not up to the player's opinion or interpretation of it anymore. That, like I said, there is too much money for a gray area to be as big as it is in golf. And maybe it's not a gentleman's game, and that's part of the thing that maybe we're liking about it. Because what's funny, you know who, like, you know who, passionately was upset. Obviously, but I want to say something first. Because what's funny is this table did it's probably started its 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 change of opinion on Mickelson when he hits a moving ball. Yeah. It's true. Where did that, like, so I don't know. And then from that point, he becomes this dancing, colored, 
shirt, button up wearing, incredible social media that, you know, where it doesn't even look like it's taken much effort like other people. Like it seems incredibly natural um, to him, which is fantastic. But but I don't know, like that was a turning point, at least in my opinion of him. So I get how people can be like turned off by us associating golf with wrestling in any way. But I'm just a kid that always needed like a good and a bad. Even as a kid, I didn't like Phil because I loved Tiger. Me too. And because I liked football and I liked hockey and the teams I cheered for had a rival. So I loved a team and I didn't like a team. And I didn't want to cheer for this like, like a sport where there's no like n other side of the coin. So there, there it, there it is. Tim was very upset. How dare he? And there was a lot of like, <gasps> fainting couches, how dare he? This is a gentleman's game. This is golf. This is golf, not a rock concert. Y'all like Happy Gilmore, but you hate Patrick Reed? Come on. I want one closing in comment. What, one comment in closing? I'm sure we'll get to this again. You can have it. Have your moment. But I noticed, and this is to no one individual person, because this is like to 97% of y'all. Everyone on Saturday came out with their chainsaws and their pick, pitchforks and into Sunday morning and even through Sunday afternoon. Like they wanted nothing but his head and were, were cheering desperately for him to lose and not win. But Sunday night, they all had to put out a tweet to not backpedal, but, oh, well, I, at least I admit he's entertaining for the game. Paul? I just want to ask one question, just as like an outsider kind of looking looking in on all of this. Say if uh, I don't know, random golfer Harris Eng or no Harris English is too. No, if it's not Patrick Reed, this would never become exactly. Story. It's like if if it's uh, Zach Suker and he does it <laughs> and he's like plus six, but he does the exact same thing and nobody no actually story, sees no it. It's not even a story. Nobody even sees the footage because they're probably not even recording. Well, that, that, that I think that's the biggest concern right? right there. Is there are certain players in the field who obviously are going to be under a bigger microscope because gallery, I mean, not so much right now that galleries are following them, but the cameras are following them. And then you have other guys on the course and could be fucking kicking their ball down the fairway. You'd never know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And someone asked me, and it was a fair question to me, like, what would my reaction be if, say, Spieth or Rose did it? Well, Rose would take a picture of himself <laughs> doing it, right? <laughs> As and long I, as, like, the MasterCard logo on the ball was up. And yeah, I look, would, look at my drop. And I was like, that's a very, like, fair question of me. But I acknowledge part of the reason I like Patrick Reed is, like, the brand that he lives himself up, lives to, and the dedication of the brand. Like, if it happened to, with Spieth or Rose, it would be an incredibly different story because it would just be out of character and wouldn't know what to, to make of it. And I, I don't, I don't know per se. I mean, but, but who are the quote unquote just rumored like biggest cheaters on the tour? Reed Kang. Well, Bryson gets heat for trying to like take Gray to to the extent. No, right? but, but, but but the the Bryson stuff is different because it's funny because you all you play on a brand. So Patrick Reed gets all this extra heat because this is what he's known to be doing. People are actively looking for him to see if he's cheating or whatever. It's not the first time this has happened. With Bryson, 
he gets this like genius label put on him. Like he probably understands the rules like way better than everyone else. So he's like using all of his knowledge of the rules and well, it might result in the same outcome uh, and the same sort of process. The spin that Bryson would get for trying to like argue with a rules official would be completely different than if Patrick Reed were to do it. Also, probably much like Phil hitting the moving ball. I think if Spieth did something like this, <laughs> you'd come, we'd come in the next Monday being like, I think we're going to become Spieth guys now. So, <laughs> like, so, so basically, <laughs> when we were talking before, back at you know, the Valspar, before Spieth ended up winning that, and then he ended up winning the Masters, basically Reed and Spieth were coming up at the same time we first started doing this show and becoming like elite-level players. And people always kind of laughed off Patrick Reed. And they were basically the Rockers. And turns out that Spieth, oh. Spieth is Marty Jannetty. It is, isn't he? Oh, my God. I love you. That is so good. We just super kicked him. Right, right through. through. Right not, through. Tossed him through the barber shop window. And then went out with... Sen- Sherry. It's just, Sens- but it's Justine. Sensational Justine. Yeah. Oh, my God. That is too good. Who that won, is Who gold. won the Royal Rumble? Spoiler alert. I don't know. Edge. Oh, Edge. I thought Edge, like, broke his spine. Yeah, like 10 he years came ago. back last year, did a run, and yeah, he got a Drew number one. And one? And one. That, who was the last person to draw one and win? I guess it probably happens all the time. Happens now. a few times. I think yeah. Michaels did Michaels it. versus Bulldog. Yeah, that was one where they kind of went out together. That was Lex. I no, don't that, that was Luger and Bret Hart in 1993. Um, no, 1994 for WrestleMania 10 because they had to set up the Luger versus Yokozuna, Hart versus Hart, then Hart versus Yokozuna. I'd actually end. like to watch. They did a great Yokes documentary after the show. And some of their docs are, are really good. Do I have to watch that on NBC Peacock now? I'm not sure how that is all um, coming through, but I forget what. How did the betting? How did the pure betting feed go this week? What do you mean the betting broadcast? I saw oh, one it starts next week. They were talking about something on. I, I saw Tour Junkies tweeted out that they were just like, oh, "Here are yeah. the odds for this three ball." Ricky Fowler's the favorite, and he was like the massive underdog. Yeah, no. I don't know if that was like a one off or what. That happened. was like that, a one. I saw they put odds on a featured group thing, but that's not the betting thing. Okay. The guys who weren't part of the betting thing commented on those odds, calling Ricky Fowler the favorite in the group. So, what baby steps? Yeah. I, I don't no, know. No, just keep, well, keep doing it, and people will like make funny, and you'll learn from your mistakes and, and, it and just get better. Got, yeah, and like I said, listen, that's a byproduct of like skin in the game. You can tell who has it, and you can tell who doesn't. So off read for a second. That's hard. Who couldn't not get it up and down from everywhere this week, embedded ball or not. Just straight up, do you think Reed cheated? I think he did. Yeah. <laughs> like, you I'm not denying that. <laughs> you cannot touch a ball without a rules official. No, you, you, you can't. Off the fairway. No, you, off the fairway? I, I, th- I think in this circumstance, you can if it's embedded, but it was very clear from the video that there's no way that it could have been but embedded. I've seen guys debating whether a ball's embedded. Because I think that... So you got to wait. I, I think that what they're trying to do in those other circumstances is that they don't want this situation to happen. They call over the rules official, make sure it's right. Reed was just like, no, these are the rules. I'm doing it. I was told it didn't bounce. Therefore, it must be embedded. Uh, and it's unfortunate. I mean, like, if there are fans there, we would have known. And also, it goes back to me reminding myself of Bryson at the Masters. I mean, he gets a shot in the history of golf is never lost. His ball. And it ruined him. And it ruined him. And it's unfortunate. And then there's the byproduct of fans everywhere. And, you know, Tiger getting saves for years, maybe. But good for him. I'm not 
crediting any of Tiger's wins to a save. No, but it, but, but it was always a very known thing where Tiger had all these huge galleries. If he shanked one left or shanked one right, it just hit someone instead of going out of bounds. Or needed a boulder move. <laughs> that was kind of funny, though. Uh, yeah, and that was one of the great, and also one of the great moments in literally golf history, good or bad. I don't know if he, if he won that week by a stroke or two. I don't know who finished second. It was in Phoenix, wasn't it? It was in Phoenix. So you had the Tiger, like, really awkward uh, yeah, so raise the roof uh, on yeah, the hole-in-one. Yeah, yeah. That, that was, uh, yeah, so th- I'm sure there's a plaque there. So we'll must be. To- or the rock is still there with a plaque on it, I would think. Hope so. You know that credit card, the one you're afraid to look at to see what the balance is? If you've been avoiding paying your debt, it's time to confront it. Upstart can help you face it and finally pay it off. Last year showed us that you never know what life is going to throw at you. And if you use credit cards to pay for unexpected expenses, it can be overwhelming to manage that debt. Take control with Upstart so you know exactly what to expect. If you have multiple credit cards, you know that tackling multiple balances, due dates, and website logins can be stressful. Upstart makes things simple with one monthly payment in one place. Upstart is the fast and easy way to get a personal loan to pay off your debt all online. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high-interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over half a million people have used Upstart to get a simple, fixed monthly payment. Upstart finds smarter rates with trusted partners because they assess more than just your credit score. With a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate upfront for loans from $1,000 to $50,000. You can get approved the same day and receive funds as fast as one business day. If debt is taking over your life, it's time to get a fresh start with Upstart. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com mayo. That's upstart.com slash mayo. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash mayo. Uh, More farmer stuff very briefly. You and I were just discussing this beforehand. Um, I was trying to figure out, because I ended up with Palmer, he ended up coming in second, so the each way on him didn't pay out quite full, it was like 83% of the each way, which was really nice. I ended up losing money for the week, but not a ton. Lost on DraftKings, but not a ton. The ROM non-birdie on 18 cost me like 600 bucks on DK. But the biggest thing is that when Sam you have... Burns on 18? Well, that, that's a different scenario. I know. That, that ROM is in the bunker on 18. And because you're John Rom, you take out a wood and be like, the only way I can win this event is if I eagle this hole. That is the only chance I have. Turns out it wouldn't have mattered anyway. But the only chance I have to force a playoff or potentially win is to make eagle or make this shot. So he takes out a wood from the bunker and just plunks it straight into the water. Because John Rom doesn't care about coming in second. Okay. He's the, Henrik Norlander cares about coming in second. John Rom doesn't. So I just, because I, you were talking about Fina. Fina just had terrible shot yeah <laughs> bad shot but he was also just going for it and being hyper aggressive yeah which he had to be like this but this, he also Finau like sh- Finau comes second enough he's trying he to comes win second enough once. but to your point coming second is the same as coming like 14th to John Rom. it's like trophy or bust as like silly as that might sound the pay difference between second and eighth to John Rom, he like probably laughs at I think that also happened to Rory too especially on the back when his driver got and, super wonky when he was just crushing everyone with the driver all week yeah. that he just started pressing he's like I need to make up like seven shots here and I and maybe this is an apologist attitude but players like a Rory and a John Rom, like guys with a stack trophy case that are sort of preeminent in the game 
I cut them so much slack for bad Sundays because they're doing one thing, and by the fourth hole, like, like they're literally just going to win, even if they're down six or seven sometimes. They're literally just kind of trying to win. Uh, their, their objectives for the day are so different than 98% of the field, and sometimes by the fifth hole, they know their objective is done, and it's just a hard place to be they're just looking at a finish line and i know and and, well it can go the other way too it's like when you go let's say you're down like you go for the two early in football because you want to get the two point but you know you have more time to make it up if it doesn't go your way and you also have that information of oh we don't need the two next time or we can go for two for the win next time oh i like or we take the extra point like rory by hole eight is like well i'm down by six I need to make birdie on every hole, and that's what I'm going to try to do. And if you try to do that, sometimes you hit it out of bounds. And Adam Scott was probably in that same scenario, too. I like Adam Scott for the U.S. Open. This guy can take this place on. I bet Adam Scott this week. Why? Sort of. How do I put this? This is actually a good outright conversation. When I bet a guy to win a golf tournament, I'm betting on his ceiling. Especially in this day of golf, you're not going to get it any other way. So it can go bad, and he can finish Saturday like he finished it, and it continue right into Sunday. That's a problem. But but I know that if I get that ceiling, uh, I also added Hovland to the card. Because, yeah, he has got a bit of the yips, but I'm betting on the ceiling. And if I get the ceiling, everything is okay. Now, Adam admitted, even when he was going well in this tournament, I think after Friday... He said, I'm a not like all there yet with my game. I don't feel totally comfortable. Get me Adam back on this course when he's comfortable in June. I'm excited for it. I don't have a bet on it, but 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 if they want to push him up like they have in recent majors, I'll be there. I can't wait. Hovland, I found to be very impressive. And I should have seen it coming because I've always compared him to Rory. He strikes me as the most Rory type of game of any of these guys because he's so good off the tee, just like Rory was, and he gets real hot with his irons when he's hot. If he can make a few more putts, that would be nice. But it's not like he he putts. Yeah, he doesn't. Like, there was a bunch of birdie putts, and like, yeah, when you get into Sunday, you got to start making them all. Yeah. He missed like a five-footer on 14 for birdie, and then he hit it into the hazard for the second straight day. day on 15. But, but uh, yeah, is what it is. Yeah, I didn't think he would be able to compete. Now, a lot of that was because he doesn't have a short game. And if he wasn't hitting all the greens in regulation, I thought that would be a big problem for him. He just turned out he hit a bunch of greens in regulation. Guess what? When Hovland wins, the GRI stats aren't really going to need a count on the other part yeah. of it. Uh, unlike Patrick Reed, who hit, like, no greens in yeah. regulation and just got it up and down every time and, and up- made the putts. The fucking the, the first par five, was that number five or number six? The back-to-back days with the giant eagle putts? I was listening to that on radio because we were off broadcast. He passed Dustin Johnson for the most eagle putts of over 40 feet since 2012. Good long-distance putters. So the other one, too, I was actually listening to the read drop, like the embed on the radio. I was out walking with my sons, just walking them around, and I was streaming the broadcast as I you was doing it. said I picked it, it up. What's that? You heard him tell the ref I picked it yeah, up, Yeah, it was, right? and like the, the crew on the radio broadcast, like, couldn't figure out what was going on. It was really funny. I also didn't like how they spent so much time dedicated to that on Sundays of showing fucking golf. That, was, that pissed me off. You know who did that? That came from Jim. You think so? 
That came from Jim. Jim will. That came from Jim. There was a directive. It's almost like PGA Tour's Twitter account was combating Jim. Because they were being incredibly transparent. Here it is. Here's like an eight-minute video. Like, watch it. Make your own decision. Because you just got off TV and Jim just railroaded us. They came on Sunday. That was a direct, that was Jim producing that segment. (laughs) Tell me that's very possible. The way the whole thing played out. It's possible, but I mean, it could just To not show the live golf and to like get us up to date. (laughs) The the leaderboard was insane at that. There were like nine guys within two at that point. Yeah, it was shaping up to be a really good Sunday. I I didn't really feel good about any of my bets either. Yeah, and the incredible part about Reed, I don't want to wax back to it, but he blows that four-stroke lead on Saturday. And then Sunday, he's not making anything, or it literally feels like nine guys can win, and it's tight and tight, and he just blows them all away. I don't know, where are we? Phoenix? Farmer, or not Farmer's Insurance Open, Waste Management Open 2021. You know what we got this week, Jeff? What? Fans. Back on the grounds. 5,000 so, a day. Five th- that's usually how many camp out for at 4 a.m. to get oh, in there, there. there. There's far more than that camping out at 16 <laughs> before that. I think 16 itself holds like 21,000 people or something crazy. Uh, site of my bachelor party. Yeah. I'm glad it wasn't this year I went to go yeah. and book my bachelor party for Phoenix. But you know, it's going to be nice to have roars, even if they're you know, muted roars, not the 200,000 people on the grounds over the weekend like we normally see. But it's nice to see how this works out. I'm curious to see if all 5,000 of those people just gravitate towards 16 and how they space those people out. But that's for them to figure out, not me. I'm glad to see some fans back. Do you think, before we start this entire conversation, that the field is affected by not all the fans there? What do you mean affected by not? Well, you're so you. This is the one tournament a year where people are yelling at golfers. Like it's hard to walk around these grounds, even when you are the golfers. There are so many people on the premises. There's cheering. There's booing. There's people flicking cigarettes yeah. at each other and fighting each other in the galleries. Okay. That when you get to 16 and no one's there, is it like oh. that'll be different? But and are there certain? I wrote about this in my column. It's up right now on DK Nation. If you can check it out, and I don't have an answer for it. Is it's going to adversely affect some people, and it's going to really increase the viability of some people at this course. Who? I don't know. But we're going to see it come through. It's just that's impossible to predict. <laughs> You're 100% right. Um, I will say this is something I think guys could be getting used to in the sense that um, people have probably underestimated. Like, you go to a place like Tory Pines, Pat, and the guys that have played there forever even just a couple times, ask any of these touring pros. Um, they make like, they have landmarks that exist for, 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 for like five years at a time, Pat, based on grandstands and like where things are. Like a, a hole without a grandstand that you've played in professional play in a tournament for 10 years and then you come back there and there's no grandstand. That's a different hole. Visually, feeling wise. Um, so I think the fact that there's grandstands and some fans makes it that much more comfortable, um, for guys and their landmarks. Tiger Woods spoke about this, like what I'm mentioning specifically, these guys, they've never seen these courses barren. 
and it affects how they view it from the tee. And it can sound, or, or from their approach shots. And that can sound crazy, but, but, I'm, but, but I'm telling you, the people that know, it makes sense. I'm not good enough to know. I could play a hole. I'd suck on any hole. I'm not comparing to us or normal people. But the visual cues all these guys get, a lot of them historically from the courses they go back to year in, year out, are from the grandstands. So I think they'll be relieved to see them again. Interesting. Okay. You might know it as TPC Scottsdale. It is 7,261 yards, par 71. All three par fives are reachable, par number 17, par four. The, uh, it would be a risk-reward par four, but if you don't go for it, you're a moron, considering if you hit it in the water, you still make par 40% of the time. So you might want to do that. Bermuda greens, ball striking, 450 to 500 yard par fours, par fives gained, opportunities gained is what you should be looking at this week in terms of stats. This episode is brought to you by Magic Spoon. Do you love cereal? I used to when I was a kid and then I stopped eating cereal for the longest time. I had to give it up because I realized it was full of sugar and I didn't really want to start my day off with a bunch of sugar. I wanted to eat something that was, you know, healthy and didn't make me feel like garbage 20 minutes later, but I've actually gotten back into cereal lately, both in the morning and then as like an evening snack in between, you know, when I get home, I don't always eat lunch and I, boom, pile some magic spoon in my mouth. I'm feeling good because I've been trying to cut down on carbs and sugar and just unhealthy food in general because, you know, I'm on camera. I don't want to have sugar bloated face the entire time. And I realized I really couldn't eat anything anymore. And with the new year, I was trying to eat better, but Healthy breakfast doesn't have to be boring all the time. Magic Spoon has the amazing flavors you love, but without all the bad stuff. So when I talk about my breakfast routine, sometimes, you know, I'm on the go and I stop in here, I stop in there, grab a breakfast sandwich, and I really actively stop doing that. Or when I stopped doing that, I just didn't eat anything for breakfast at all. I didn't start my metabolism. And sometimes that's not always the best. I mean, you you don't need to eat breakfast at five o'clock in the morning, but you should have something to kick off your day. And Magic Spoon really does it for me because it's very quick. I can have it immediately as soon as I get hungry at any time throughout the day. And I really enjoy it. Zero sugar, 11 grams of protein, only three net grams of carbs in each serving. Comes in four flavors, coca, fruity, frosted, and more. And it tastes amazing. Honestly, it's too good to be true. Plus, it's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. I've been pounding back the frosted, and I got to tell you, it's pretty good. I think you should try it out. So go to magicspoon.com slash mayo to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use one of our promo codes, aka promo code mayo, at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash mayo and use the code mayo, M-A-Y-O, to save $5. We thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring this podcast. I say we just jump into it because this field, it's funny, almost every elite golfer in the world is playing this week. It's just split up between here and Saudi Arabia. You got Bryson, and Dustin, and Tony Finau, and Abraham Anser, Tyrrell Hatton, Tommy Fleetwood, Paul Casey. 
He's on your, uh, well, you have Patrick Reed on your uh, season-long team that we all drafted at the yeah. beginning of the year. You also have Paul Casey, but you don't get any money for his win. No, but it's a good sign. I think I, uh, I should I, I should have bet it considering he was first tee to green at American Express. I didn't even think about it to go bet him. I it was good odds. I didn't bet anyone over there. So. Um, but I, yeah, but, he outdid, I don't know, when I woke up on Sunday, one by four. Yeah, it was Bobby Mack who was a... Uh, he was one shot back from going into it. But anyway, the Euro Tour show comes out on Mayo Media Network on Monday evening with Sky and Tom. You can catch that on the new podcast feed, Daily Fantasy Sports, Picks and Bets. Links are in the description. Go sub and get into that giveaway for that show if you want to win 100 bucks. But here, you got. I actually started to do the um, trying to guess what the odds were going to be. For the tournament on the on my Sunday show before like the other tournament ends, How'd you I do? was not. I didn't think people would be this steep, just with all the good players that are in the field this week. I thought the middle range would be a bit more congested, like twenty to forty to one, and like that's barren. They kind of went either you're a favorite or you're not a favorite this week. Seems to be how the odds play out. So Rom is six and a half to one. Thomas is like seven and a half, eight to one. Xander is eight and a half to one. Rory is 11 and a half to one. Webb is 15. Berger is 17. Then you get Matsuyama, English. Those are the only two other players in the 20s. They're 23 and 28 to one. This makes me not want to bet this tournament because I have no real way to distinguish between any of these guys. If I had to bet one, I'd bet Rory. He's the longest of the odds. He played fine last week, was shitty on Sunday, couldn't make a putt the other days, whatever. It's the first time he's ever played this event. I think this sets up really well for Rory. But... I don't know if I want to go all in on Rory here, or like I was talking to you, my move here might be to take some guys from 40 plus, play some top tens, and just that's how I'm going to play it out this week. Because I don't really know what to do with the top of the board. Like, I, I if you told me to pick between them, which I'm telling you, it would be Rory of the top four guys, the top six guys, of the top eight guys at 11 and a half to one. But I mean, I think Xander, JT, and Rob are just as likely to win, don't you? Yes, <laughs> but I do like the Rory call. And didn't he joke that he needs fans to care? He does. So it's fun that they're back. Um, yeah, I, of all the guys, he would probably be my pick. I'd pick him ahead of Xander. That's about as much as I know. Uh, going back a little farther, though, Pat, Berger and Matsuyama, I don't want to totally write Their Their odds suck here. Like, Matsuyama is the only one just because he's dominated this course in the past. If I bet Matsuyama last week at, like, 28 instead of Patrick Reed, do I feel obligated that I got to just do that again? Maybe. I don't like it. I don't like it. There are some guys in and around that 50 that I'm going to try to maybe recreate some past welcome to the show magic here that I do think this course can um suit i've had a great track record here lost last year in a playoff again i stack wins or playoff losses at this place right before the super bowl and you didn't lose it all back on yeah. oh by the way people our, our super bowl i have three designated super bowl shows that are coming out this week me you and tim that'll be out tomorrow on tuesday i have a gigantic props and betting special at the end of the week with the guys from ftn uh, jeff radcliffe and brad evans and my super showdown dudes Justin Freeman and David Jones will be joining me on, I think, Thursday evening to do the DraftKings Showdown show. Tons of money up for grabs in Showdown this week, so highly recommend you go check out the shows, plus the full complement of golf stuff. Uh, I'm with you. This is, I mean, this is where Brooks broke through. Like, here are the past winners. And I think four of the past five years has gone to a playoff. Yeah, before the Super Bowl. At least they always get themselves wrapped up quick enough so 
They, Not they, when your heaviest action is on your anthem tips. That's true. Webb won last year at minus Which 17. Which I can't get this year because there's restrictions on COVID and rehearsals and the buildings on lockdown. Well, you can still bet it. You just don't have your inside info for it. Well, then I'm not betting it. <laughs> Webb minus 17 in a playoff. Ricky won by a huge two-stroke. After he was up six and took the drop and, and had the Brandon Grace scare. Yeah. Grace put it in the water. Yes, he did. And I think he still made par on it. No, he made bogey. Uh, Ricky won at minus 17. Woodland chased down Reavy and won at minus 18. Then back-to-back Matsuyama. Uh, he won at minus 17 and minus 14. Brooks before that at minus 15. I think my single favorite final round Both of, of those were playoffs, Matsuyamas. Yeah, I think be- one was Webb and one was Ricky. He beat one. He beat Webb in one of them. That was the year that I went. Was the year that he beat Webb in the playoffs? Or maybe it just came down to. I had money on Louie and Ben Ann. Did Tim cur- curse someone? He cursed fucking Ben Ann. <laughs> I had money on Ben Ann. It was my bachelor party. He was winning going into the final round. Tim like gave him a high five, and he fucking made like five bogeys in a row. <laughs> Didn't he get in near Phil or something that week? Yeah, Phil. Phil, when Phil given the, I tweeted out that video. You oh, can find that on my timeline. Love it. Uh, but my single favorite final round in history happened at this event in 2012. That or the Garrigus meltdown at St. Jude that one year, which is pretty funny. Kyle Stanley beating Spencer Levine on the back nine when Levine went into full meltdown mode. Smoked an entire pack of cigs on the back nine. Got a cactus stuck in his ass. And Stanley just made a charge after gagging the three-stroke lead on 18 to Brant Snedeker at Torrey the week before by going double dunk in the water. Stanley rebounds and wins in 2012. That was like the first big Kyle Stanley moment. It's probably the biggest Kyle Stanley moment he ever had. The Levine, like, you know how they go out of their way to not show people smoking in any sort of capacity on TV? Even The Challenge, a show I love. They've enough people in the house are smoking this year. They can't get away from it because people are just holding cigs in their hand while they're like fighting with other people. And usually they try to not show smoking on TV. They couldn't get away from showing Spencer Levine just like cig off of cig in just complete meltdown mode. It is like the funniest compilation you can go watch. I feel bad for the guy because it was probably his biggest moment too. Uh, and he kind of melted down during it. But I just remember that. And remember Phil shot 60 the next year in the opening round? Almost shot 59 lipped out the putt? This tournament's awesome. I love this tournament. It's great. It makes people – because I say watch the Super Bowl with like other humans – and I'm like freaking out about the end of the golf this every year because the end of this tournament is always crazy. So I'm like people's wives know I'm nuts, but then they see me like watch the end of the Phoenix Open. <laughs> like what's wrong with him? I will throw a word of caution out there that Camillo Vigegas, Charlie Hoffman and Matthew Wolf all withdrew last week because of injuries and they're all in the field right now. So I don't know really what to make of that. But that's just a, a tidbit of information if that's affecting you either way. So we're good with this top range, right? Like Rory or no one? Probably no one? Yeah, Rory or Rory Hideki or no one. You got no space for Xander, though? Like the way he finished this week? Listen, Xander's great. Uh, he's come top five in five of his past seven tournaments. He's basically become Rory. But, like, why does he have better? Like, why does he have the same odds as basically Justin Thomas? Like, come on. It... Is there a better friend to the sports book than Xander Shoffley and Tony Finau? Honestly? No. <laughs> like, what's his top five? His top five's two to one? That's, that's a much better bet. No, I don't like... I'm not rather- saying he can't win. I'm going to be loading up on Xander and DraftKings. He's like the safest guy you can have. And when it comes to winning time, like, yeah, he's won four times. He's won one cut event ever. And it was the Greenbrier five years ago. I'd rather bet Rory. 
But I don't know. The guy steamed on the weekend. Sure, but like Rom's never finished worse than 14th of this tournament. And that even includes when he played as an amateur. Probably able to say that about everywhere Rom plays. True. And he's slight, like, you have to give up what, a point and a half to bet Rom? Rather bet Rom, wouldn't you? Rather bet Justin Thomas. He wins all the time. And like, all of, and if, like, there's very little. Justin Thomas is probably going to win this thing, isn't he? Probably coming back. Well, he missed the cut overseas, right? Yeah, so he got an early, early like, flight back. Yeah. And Casey just went from the Amex overseas and won, so I don't think it's that big of a deal. Like, Webb is super live. I think all these guys are super live. It's just I can't really distinguish between them. So it would be Rory or Hideki for me would be my goes. But that's, like I said, I don't know if that's how I really want to play it this week. That but dropped, you, I mean, I said Hideki. You didn't even seem to like Hideki. He's fine at 22. It's a fine bet. It's not like he played great at Torrey Pines, but he did lead the Sony T to green. He's won here twice. He's and he remember everyone bet him that year, and then he withdrew after a round. It's yep. in my article. I can't remember the the actual like official stat, but I think it's twenty seven of his career twenty eight rounds at this course have been under par, which is just kind of crazy. I'm more interested in this like next range up to hundred though. So Sung Jay is thirty four. All these odds from DraftKings Sportsbook, by the way. Billy Horschel is 45. Like, Hideki 23, English 28, Sungjae 34. Now we're at 45 to 1. That's how they're pricing people this week. So you have in this, like, 45 to 60 range, Horschel, Louis, Palmer, Scheffler, Zalatoris, Fowler, Brooks, Bubba, Matthew Wolf, Siwoo Kim, who has the most strokes lost of any player in the field by a substantial margin over the past five years at this event. Russell Henley, Gary Woodland, Sam Burns, now we're up to 85 to 1. I might just take four of these guys, bet them, and hope they can get into like a runoff situation or just kind of go with it. I could name you a bunch of these guys that I like. Sung Jay could be on the list because I feel like you got to consider him every time now. And this is a I good I don't know what happened. I saw him in nine under. And then he just, we just got rode, caught. Rode, rode the bogey train. I mean, I was, ha- I mean, Listen, if one of my bets wasn't going to win, I wanted Reed to win. So I didn't like seeing Sungjae make the charge because he scares the crap out of me. But I could easily bet him. I could easily bet Scotty Scheffler. I could easily bet Will Zalatoris. You're not worried about Scheffler? It's been two pretty disastrous tournaments in a row for him. Ah, whatever. Okay. Now this number feels right and better. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Buy the dip. Win this one. I feel like the Brooks win. Like Willie Z wins this one. I, that that's exactly where I was thinking. Well, yeah, you, but I'm but when I said to you before, like I might try to make my own narrative here and tell me if I'm like going too far. How about a guy who's fifty five to one this Wolf week? Woodland? Who I like them all. Brooks Kepka. <laughs> <laughs> How about it? He's fucking fifty five to one. Okay. <laughs> I will say if I I, I, that, I think that's a blind bet for a player of that caliber. <laughs> so then you say yes based on what I said before. You. It's an outright bet. Missed the cut. I bet a lot of losers have missed the cut. I bet Jason you Day bet, last week. You bet on the ceiling. Jason Day's 90 to 1. You bet on the <laughs> ceiling. I might rather bet Day than Brooks, though. Brooks had one bad round last week. He kind of plotted through um, the conditions, and like the conditions were horrible. 90 to 1. 90 to 1, Jason Day. Same, same odds as Max Homa. How about was Corey Connors? He was good. I, I, I'm, so let's bet Corey Connors. I'm going to bet Corey Connors. The number at DraftKings Sportsbook, 85 to 1, is way better than any number I've seen on, on Corey Connors anywhere else. Now, please don't go on your phone the entire time. I'm not. I'm just... Someone's... A book has stolen money from me, and they're tilting me. 
Ricky Fowler. Tita Green, very good performance last week from Sir Ricky. Couldn't make a putt to save his life. It's been encouraging to me to see him. He rallied to make the cut at the Amex. Didn't have a great weekend. Didn't have a great weekend at Torrey, but played much better at Torrey than he normally does. And the Tita Green stuff really kind of jumped out to me like, oh, he drove the ball really well. The irons were really good. He lost four strokes putting. Ricky doesn't normally lose four strokes putting over a three over three weighted rounds anywhere. He can put the lights out here. He's very comfortable here. I know it's not usually me who pumps up Ricky, but I actually expected his number to be like 40 to one this week instead of 55. In. All right, sold. Ricky Fowler. I don't need Ricky much Fowler, Brooks Kepka, let's just play some hits this week. Honestly? With like, we'll put the new kid in the band, Willie Z. I kind of want to bet Ryan Palmer, too. I've been betting him. He's been playing really well. Uh, I bet my own losers that don't win. That's the problem. <laughs> I can't add other people's guys that don't win. I'm adding your guy. <sighs> what about Louie? I'd rather bet Bubba here. Oh, I, that makes sense. This, this oh, Louie's cursed. Louie, yeah, Louie's Tim's one and done. After he tried to pick Fina, <laughs> who wasn't playing. Who's now going to win in Europe. I was looking Based at on... Tim trying to pick, pick him, him for here, Phoenix, yeah. And then Tim will sideways ask for credit. Yeah, see, I, I said he was going to win. Do I get credit for his European tour winnings? It seems like a really good course for Tony, too. Oh, guys just go there and 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 take that place down, don't they? Like, then Bryson and JT are going to go to, like, 20 under. Br- Br- uh, so I think in the three years of the event, and this is off the top of my head, I think it's, we went Dustin, McDowell, Bryson. Bryson. I forget who won last year. I think Westwood may have won last year. I don't remember. How did Graham McDowell? Coastal course. You get Graham at a coastal course, he'll spike once every three years. Yeah, but I think this is the range I want to live in too. The problem is, look at these names at the top. Like one of those guys is probably going to (laughs) win. That's the fear. But if I'm going to bet one of these guys from down here, maybe Ryan Palmer is a bad example. That's why I don't mind Brooks. Because if Brooks shows up, he's just as good as all these guys or better. I don't know what the ceiling is for Zalatoris, like you said, and he could be one of those guys. The problem with Ryan Palmer... It's, big, yeah, it's an ask. It's an ask. I'd rather bet on Zalatoris to win than Palmer. I, I think... I think I'm, I actually have more confidence. I think I might be with you on that. It's just Palmer's playing... Maybe I'll just bet Palmer top five and be on my way or top ten and just try to get some money out of it that way. But I'm really digging where he's at right now. He's at a I'm great... I'm feeling good about my Tory. Listen, he's probably not going to win the U.S. Open, but 250 to one's a pretty good number on him. I'm not going to argue that. It'd be unfair of me to throw any stones. What about Woodland? This is what I wanted to say. When Woodland won here, I bet him at Torrey Pines like I did yes last week. And I was bothered by his Torrey Pines performance that I said, screw this guy this week, and he won. Uh, so I was going to say that to be like, don't overrate a bad Torrey Pines to don't think this guy can't. A guy just can't show up again and win. Um, Because things can go wrong for you at Torrey Pines that won't go wrong here. You only find trouble here unless you put it in like one of the two lakes or you are under a jumping choy or cactus. Or you just, yeah, you just shank the ball into the desert. But you can get incredibly lucky shanking it into the desert. Sure, You can also find yourself right under a cactus and have to take a drop. Well, the same shot takes a different bounce and you have a full swing to an open green. Um, I'm shocked Cam Davis isn't playing this week. He led the field T to green on. The I want a health report on Woodland. I only say that Pat because, and I love Gary. We're in on Gary. We hope for ceiling Gary to come around, but 
when the great news a week ago is you finally played four rounds pain-free, I now want to know you played two straight four rounds pain-free. So I'm curious to know if that's out there. Well, he's playing a third week in a row. He, yeah. was, he was bad off the tee at the South course after being really good off the tee. Again, this kind of goes harkens back to and the, can, you, know, you know where Gary plays better? Shorter courses. Yeah, this goes right back to Gary doesn't have to feel that off the tee pressure, puts it in his range. Hit some fairways, be on your way. And it's funny because Bombers have, I mean, you look at it, like Woodland, Matsuyama, who at the time was one of the higher guys in driving distance, Kepka, even Stadler, Phil. Um, you can get a mix of different winners here. Like it, it does lean towards a bomber because there's so many drives over 300 yards. But don't discount that guy who gains off the tee and is just really good with his irons. The Stanleys, the Webbs, even Fowler to that degree. Although Fowler was like 100% putting that week. Yeah, I think he gained like six more strokes than anyone else did putting. But I think almost any sort of player can win if they're irons. Like, if you're going to take a short hitter, I'm so upset Molinari's not in the field. He was third tee to How green last week. How about that? How coming around? Like, I'm going to start looking See at... See in Florida, pal. I'm going to start looking or at what, some... Riff? I'm is just going to start looking at Molinari, like, majors futures. Because he's starting... This is exactly what he was doing before the lead-up. To Bay Hill and then beyond. Well, he won the, the, the European PGA before Bay Hill, right? No, he won Bay Hill last. Two no, years, two no, years no, ago. No. So he won, like Rocket, Bay Hill last year was hat. He won like Rocket Mortgage or something like that, whatever the hell that tournament was. And then he won, but he, he won the European. Won, went, then he won Wentworth. Yeah, and then he won the British the British Open. Yeah, and like when you watched him in his lead up to those events, it was he's doing everything right across the board. Yesterday, like he just played Tory Pines, and he's not a big hitter. He gained two point one strokes off the tee. He gained 4.1 on approach, 2.7 around the greens. That's what you always wanted from Molinari. And can he make enough putts? Sometimes he gets super hot with the putter. He like broke even. Funny, he came in 10th. Like, I don't know. He had a super hot Sunday. Um, sometimes you just need super low rounds, but it feels like he's still being discredited by the market in some of these futures. So I'm going to look, have a deeper dive into those to see if there's a spot that I like him. Maybe Kiowa Island is a spot for him. We talked about feisty like the European. weird, the feisty Euros who just pop up at the top of that leaderboard. Why not him? I don't know. Pete Dye specialist, too. Who else was uh, popping for Kiowa? Bobby Mack? I already got my bet in. Really? I, I, I gave that out on the major, mm. the future, the major show. Mm. I liked him at uh, at Kiowa. Don't like him gagging on Sundays though. But yeah, the the Zalator Scheffler types. Burns? Yeah. Why, why not? Yeah, you know, why not, Burns? You're getting a pretty good price off a pretty strong performance. So the guy got punched in the mouth on Sunday at Torrey Pines. By Reed. That, Playing with Reed. It seemed to affect I'm Ortiz triggered and Burns by that. Uh, This number is kind of reflecting the fact that he gas-canned my T20. And he didn't even finish inside the top 20. Pat, he, he put it in the water for his third on 18. Oh, yeah, that's right. He put it in the wall, and he bogeyed 18 on Saturday. Just like Will Gordon and Brandon Haggy for me. Although, but I don't mind him this week. Gordon made it up to me with two eagles on the back nine <laughs> coming coming down the stretch. You know who had an amazing Sunday? Luke List. Cashed it. Top 20. Top I think he did top 10. Top 10. He came 10. I had the balls. I had like a plus 550 uh, top 20. My prop sheet uh, over where I give those did really good. Almost had the Hovland, had some great props, and then it all went to shit when Burns. Like, I could have salvaged the week. Now I'm looking to put money in an account because I don't have any. That's how it tells you how the weekend went at Tory. <laughs> but Reed won. He 
was my one and done in the race for the Mayo Cup. That's great. There's some guy who has first, first, second as his first three picks. He's winning, by the way. I am. It's 3,000 people, right? Yeah, 3,300. 3, I guarantee you I've made three picks. I am north of 2,750. Okay. I'm in the money in one and not in the money in the other. So let's see here. Having a winner helps, though, on that card. We haven't got to the 100 to 1 yet. Homa played really well again. Like, that's a thing. Like, I can see one of those guys potentially winning here. It just really scares me with the amount of, like, elite names at the top of this field. But if I'm going to try to whittle it down of guys that I like, I haven't actually made any bets so far, which is a rarity for me in terms of this show uh, coming into Monday. Palmer, Zalatoris, Brooks, Fowler, Bubba. Do I need to get a health report on Wolf before I just pull the trigger at like 60 to 1? No. Because if he withdraws you before the tournament. You a week ago. I get, I get the money back if he doesn't play. Now, if he tees off, I don't get the money back. But. So maybe give it a day. But you called it a week ago, Pat. And this is what else I would say on that. Because I brought this up with the, I had Eric Patterson on my show on Friday. You never go full Andercust, EP. You never do it. Now, I felt bad for Eric because he also had, like, Scott up there. And people were just – and this is when Scott was, like, tied for the lead on Friday night. And he's getting railroaded for a guy being lat. Like, who cares? If we'll finish 40th. If he came second, the bet doesn't win. Yeah, you but I just, I just <laughs> joked with him. It's like, you make that – you put yourself out on a limb like that. And you're like, what's the worst that can happen? A guy's not going to win the golf tournament. People aren't going to blame me, which is a fair take. And then the guy totally gas cans. Um but he made a great point because I'm like, well, Mayo says he's winning Phoenix. Are we worried? Like, is there something going on? And he's like, he probably just withdrew because apparently it was a blister. Oh. But like, I don't know. He which, he's seven over. He's like, I'm getting out of here. Bye. <laughs> right? It's supposed to be a horrible weather day. Yeah. I think that's why Hoffman pulled out too. Yeah. Well, Hoffman had a bit of a link. That, he had the back, but he's probably like, bad conditions. I'm already out of it. See ya. Wolf's a young guy. I, I think the 60 in Phoenix, I want to crush this range, but you're right. You're just giving away money because you may as well pick one of those top four. That's what five. I'm saying. Do you just play the top ten, top five, top ten market with all these guys? Now, you miss out on the big cash, but you know sometimes it's about winning money, not just arbitrarily losing money every single I week. could make one stab at like a, get a good Rory nu- Rory number. I bet you I bet you I know a place where we can find a 14 on Rory. And then go um and then go um for a couple of those north of 50s. I might just go all north of 50. Cuz like I I like Connor. I don't even know how to pick. I like Connors, I like Day. There's a lot of guys I like this week and I don't know how to properly okay. Now I'll whittle it down by the you know obviously as the week goes along. So but can I, okay, go ahead. Crossing 30. Is him like going to make your short list or you're just going to move 20 points higher? I'll just move 20 points higher. Okay, so let's and, and move not, higher. It, let's it, move higher. It, it's like Hideki and Hideki and him, I think they could both most definitely. Win. Okay, fine. So if we've got to like cut down a list that we can cut down from, I want to put Scheffler, Zalatoris, Fowler, Brooks, so many names. Bubba, Watson, Wolf, Hovland. Hovland's not here. Sorry, Woodland. <laughs> Connor's Day. How many names is that? And, and you want you want that's like nah, that's like so 10 now names. we got it. So who's the first one you even want to cut? Scheffler. Scheffler's okay. Up so who else? Like I'm just process of elimination. Now let's cut someone else. Burns. Burns. Yeah, let's cross off Burns. I'm gonna cross off Woodland. Are we going to trust Bubba? 
I will. And the thing is, I need to find these numbers on these guys because that will really dictate it. Because when I looked at where I have access to bet, Bubba was 40. And Zalatoris was 40. Palmer was 50. Like, Palmer had a better number than 45 is here, but these other guys had worse numbers. Ricky was like 40. I'm more interested in these guys at 55 and 60 than I am at 40. Then I think that changes the strategy depending on what number you can get. Because I honestly, I, I'm having a hard time parsing through all of these guys this week. But that's me. Have we crossed 100? Not yet. Okay. Then in front of it, like, I don't know. I bet you were going to see Love for Homa this week. You should, but like... Because hasn't he have a nice little track record here? Uh, that I don't know. He was really good with his irons. He's been good the last two weeks. So maybe that's what I was just seeing, the trending iron play for this guy. Just a very good result. He was sixth here last year. He was 26th yeah. the year before. So two nice results with yeah. irons trending on a shorter course. Got to add another name to this debate list? Yeah, I think that entire range of even Ben Ann, who's played well here in the past, Corey Connors, Jason Day, Max Homa, like they're all pressing almost up to 100. That you can make an interesting curve. That's why I say like the top 10, top five type bets. And maybe you hope to cash like three of them and you walk away a pretty good winner this week. Even if Rory wins or Rom wins. You want to jump to over 100? No, I'm thinking I'm the greatest hits Fowler Kepka album. I don't know how I'm going to avoid that. I'm telling you guys right now. <laughs> There's no Fino to bet. Yeah. And, and it's not like you're betting like, Fino at 14. You're betting Brooks at fucking 50 or 60 to 1. With Willie Z at 50. I don't know. That's where, yeah. Okay. Jason Day at like 125 by the time Thursday comes around. Over 100. There's names I could reel, reel off here. All right. So let's go. I mean, this will be more of the top 20 market for me. I'm just looking back at last week. Um, for the four Tory Pines. Here are some interesting tee to green leaders from last You're week. You're going to name Sabatini? No, Sabatini was all putting. I'm going to take a hard pass on old, old <laughs> on the good Rory. <laughs> uh, for guys in the field, Norlander really crushed it last week. Norlander was great. List was great. Sam Ryder was really, really good tee to green. Matthew Neesmith uh, led everyone in approach on the south course. So maybe he's recaptured what he had lost. He lost five strokes putting. Uh, Kyle Stanley couldn't make a putt, but he played really well. Um, two, who else? A Fowler was up there, T to Green. Gained three strokes off the tee, almost two strokes on approach. Like I said, lost almost four putting. Cam Fowler. Fowler. Let's go. <laughs> Get back to your happy place. He basically had the same numbers as Max Homa did, just he couldn't putt. Like, Will Z is up there, but, like, the list is, like, list, Neesmith, Kokrak, and Norlander all kind of stick out to me. I think the only one that I might bet, like, outright bet from MPR, I am starting to be convinced, like, hard courses are where you want Luke List. Uh, this isn't a super hard course. Maybe this isn't a great spot for him. But continue to dial him up these harder courses. Like, he was horrendous on the greens on Saturday. Like, he was embarrassing to be following his shot tracker and, like, me tilting my mind off Friday and Saturday. But he started making some putts. He almost missed the cut. Yeah. He almost he almost gagged away. Him and Seb Straka almost missed yeah. the cut. Straka had a nice Sunday as well. Munoz, 175 to 1, just because we haven't seen him in two weeks. That's a good number for – he is much better than all of the other players in this range. He's a legit, he's a legit guy. Yeah. He – you're 100% right in the sense that to me, and I said it a couple times as last year wound down, Pat, that of like the not top 50 players in the world, Munoz made the biggest gains, like in my opinion, at least here. 
in the way that Hatton made like insane gains of players sort of in that top tier in the world, Munoz to me made the biggest gains of players not in that tier that we like to speak of or bet on often. Well, at least for me. You want a guy to make the cut? You bet the man of many question marks, the Riddler, John. Uh-huh. But outside of that, he's probably not going to win. What about Cam Champ? You've wanted to bet him recently. Yeah. Amax, a-, 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 a short little plot around. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't really work out so well. So here's the thing with Cam Champ. So he was a disaster last week. Disaster two weeks in a row now. Played the South Course. Here are his numbers from the South Course in his one round. Gained two strokes off the tee. Gained 1.5 strokes through approach. Lost three strokes around the green. Lost five strokes putting in one round. The ball striking was there for Cam Champ. So I don't really know what to do with him. I I feel like, I don't want to say that he's a blind bet kind of guy, but doesn't he win enough to be a blind bet kind of guy? That, you know, if he doesn't win and he comes in like dead last, then, you know, it sucks. But... He hasn't gained strokes putting in an awful long time, which is kind of worrisome for me. So, why But he was 67th here last year. Carlos Ortiz, still a big number. Yeah, Ortiz and Munoz are the two that I don't why, quite understand. Why would... Um, King Carlos? I like King Carlos. That's like not, I mean, just off of... It was a big... Final. I feel like that was a big moment. Like, he got his win. Yeah, that's a this big w- Sunday at Torrey. Now I, you're going to give me 100 to 1 at a course that I don't. I think works for you. Listen, uh, if you're playing well, Phoenix works for anyone playing good golf. I, I would tend to agree, yes. Like, I don't want to sort of course type this. Um, Ortiz has made the cut three of four appearances here, 25th last year. It's a good for, for a bomb, the way he's playing, if you could get the placings, I guess, because we're all afraid of the top. That's what I'm saying, like a top 20, top 10 on some of these guys. There was one more guy I really wanted to bring up, and it's not Jordan Spieth, because I'm sure we can mention that. He's 120, he's 150 to one. On this book, yeah. Who did I just have? Wyndham Clark was the first round leader here last year. Chris Kirk continues to play good golf. A couple guys that played well. But why is Munoz 175 and Charlie Hoffman is 125 and Gooch is 125? I don't quite understand that. Because after like the first 50 names, people decide it doesn't really matter. <laughs> That's pre- you know what? Maybe we should be doing that too. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. Um... Did no, I assume Knox didn't play Tory Pines? No, he did. Oh. He was he was getting back to form at Amax. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, him and Chris Kirk, but I don't want to bet these guys to win. And I've run to bet Kucher at half that number before here. No, Knox missed the cut last week, by the way. But at Tory Pines. Yeah. I, I'm not sweating it too much, but just he did play last week. All right. Hadwin. Now I'm naming names. Yeah, we're, we're running short on time here. We're already over an hour into this. Yeah, because we did the Reed debate. Yeah, which was far more fun than being like, Chez Reevy, <laughs> Bo Hogg, Joel Damon. Local. Local guys. Well, Chez Reevy and not Bo Hogg, but Joel Damon is. He lives in the area. Remember he played the Outlaw Tour event when he was in Arizona? <laughs> Quick picks for the Waste Management Open for the first time in the history of this show have none 
as of right now. I will release my cheat sheet later in the week as I start wrapping my mind around this a little bit. But we narrowed down the names, and I think that's the strategy that I'm going to play is take the guys from like 45, 50, and above, play like a group of like five of them, hopefully two of them can get into the mix, play them with the each way. So if they come inside the top five, I'm looking good to maybe take some longer shots on top 10s or top 20s. But my short list of those guys is narrowed down to Palmer, Zalatoris, Fowler, Brooks, Bubba, Wolf, Connors, and Day. And then like deeper, Ortiz, Straka, and Munoz potentially as top 20s looking at it, but I actually have no real cash laid down on any of these guys. And I do reserve the right to pull shoot on all this idea and just bet Rory. <laughs> um, yeah, I could just piggyback what you said. Uh, I go- Even if I bet Rory, I feel like I could make room for Rory Brooks Ricky and think, damn, baby. My strong- what a card. My strongest lead. What a card. Ju- just for fun. <laughs> is, like, honestly, like if I just could only bet three guys this week. And Will and, and Z. I, I got to bet Will Z. I got to bet Will Z this just week. Ask- he's going to be so popular. He's going to be on every betting card, I think. Okay. Fowler 55, Brooks 55, Bubba 55. I feel like I can just vibe with that. Bubba has like six top tens here in 14 starts. He is minus 49 in opening rounds here. So if you're playing DraftKings Showdown, use Bubba Watson. Round one. I think I'm going to just stack north of 50. And miss the Rory win. We'll miss because I like only not only that two hundred dollars on Rory. Not only I'd that, I just bet five guys for yeah, two hundred bucks for the same price. Yeah, but just looking at it right now, we listed all these guys in the like plus fifty to hundred range. The one guy we didn't mention, Russell Henley, we we'll just watch him win. <laughs> we'll have all the guys in the area and not pick the right Henley guy. and Billy Horschel. We didn't give a moment to. Uh, there's there's another guy, too, who I think I'm going to end up using. I'm going to, oh, by the way, if you subscribe to that new audio podcast feed where there's the Euro Tour and the UFC and all that stuff, I'm doing a short 10-minute one-and-done video and podcast every single week. So I'll talk more about the one-and-done on Wednesdays on that. But the one-and-dones for this show, Cust is taking Louis Oosthuizen after he tried to take Tony Finau. I'm doing well in that contest, by the way. Me and Tim both got a second-place finish last week with Finau and Xander. Um, I'm, for the purposes of this show, going to take Xander as my one-and-done. Keep it easy. Just using all the top guys. Keep rolling through everything. Who are you going to take as your one-and-done? Should have saved Hideki for this week. I'll take Webb. Webb. Because I feel like despite his prowess here, he's still going to be underappreciated. I agree. There is one guy in the one and done, if you want to get risky, that you could burn this week and not even feel that badly about it either. John Rom? Harris English, who no one is going to bet or use this week after he just <laughs> destroyed everyone's hopes and dreams last week. He's allowed. He's been on a good run. I also forgot to mention I was wearing my great Tour Junkies t-shirt with Patrick Reed on it, I guess. I don't know if my gut got over that part of the desk today, but there. Shout out to them. Harris English used to be good at this course. When he, like, used to be good. Then he was bad at the course when he was bad, but now he's good again. Do you know Patrick Reed's victory of the 25-1 to was his shortest priced win since that Wyndham victory? What was he at Wyndham? 22. He was 22 at TOC, too. So remember, we bet Oh, him. sorry, TOC. We bet him that I way. didn't mean Wyndham. I meant TOC. That was a stat. I even regurgitated it wrong. 
22 at TOC. This was his shortest win since that. So he's won at big places at nice numbers. It, it's really funny because we've been saying this for the past like three years and maybe even beyond that. And I don't do it because I'm an idiot. It's just like when someone said, someone tweeted it as like, I remember you guys always say, play, play Patrick Reed at long, really hard courses. Like I did say that. And then I didn't do it. That we should just be bet, should just bet Patrick Reed every week. Blindly you, bet. We used to have him on the auto bet because he's a year winner. But he didn't use he used to be like 50, 80 to that was when sure, he was like, but, but even at 25 to 1, he wins more yeah. than that. And he shows up at the big courses. And he's such yeah. an asshole that everyone doesn't like yeah. that he doesn't go up to 10 to 1 ever. And the best part about it that we say every time we talk ourselves into betting Patrick Reed is if he is there on Sunday one on one versus like a Dustin or a Rom. He's live. He doesn't wilt for a moment in the same way we, not even in a joke, how when coming off the Fino stuff of Amex, it's like, okay, the fact Fino hasn't won one time, we can call that bad luck. The fact he doesn't have like four or five wins, it's because he's not Patrick Reed. I, like, think, I think Reed is now seven of 12 with 54 whole leads. It's gotta be the. It's either six of twelve or seven of twelve. That's Catch a, a taste. That, Always once he catches a but taste. But that's gotta be. I mean, leave Tiger aside. If anyone else whose name isn't Tiger Woods, like in the past twenty years, that has to be the best rate. Probably. Did you see? I saw watching a little Sky Sports. Hatton is winning at a twenty percent clip these days. Love that. Love that. <laughs> you know they, he, they compared it to Prime Tiger, which was like a twenty-two point two or something, or a stretch of Tiger. Well, do you think it's funny? <laughs> That Hatton has really exploded ever since Tim discovered who he was and decided that he hated Tyrrell Hatton? Yes. It's true. It's true. So watch out for it. Remember to do the ratings and reviews for all you're those gonna, pods. You're going to railroad me. Why? With that SOI. I put out such good stuff for over an hour. That's what you're going to give them. I know it. You know me too well. I like. It's a snappy clip, Jeff. It's, uh, whatever. That will do it on the Pat Mayo Experience. Please rate, review, and subscribe. And please subscribe to Daily Fantasy Sports Picks and Bets, European Tour Breakdown. My one and done is going to be on there, plus all of the other. They're going to be short shows, so if you're just looking for info on stuff, on slates that maybe you don't understand but want to get some action in on, get some skin in the game, then that is a podcast feed that you need to be subscribed to. You leave a five-star rating and a review with your Twitter handle or... Email, you earn a draw for $100. Now, that's 100 American dollars, and there might be more than one draw for those. So please, go help us out. We're launching our fifth show on Mayo Media Network, and we can't do this without the help of you guys. And so far, so good on that front. So thank you for all the support. For Jeff Feinberg, Paul Shaughnessy, we'll be back later in the week with a full stack of golf shows and football shows. I'll see you next time. Experience! Experience!